0: Welcome to this like Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman flash. Show. I hope you all are staying warm because it is freaking cold outside. Though, that being said, it is a balmy above zero degrees right now. So after all these days of negative 15 or whatever with all the snow and wind that we had, all the drifting that we had, it is nice to finally get above zero. But I hope wherever you're listening right now, you're at least somewhat warm. because I know that's easier said than done with these cold conditions. Like my house is normally around 70 degrees. But with the cold temperatures outside, with being as cold as it was, my heater was struggling. We were chugging along like crazy. Like there were sometimes it drip dipped down to like sixty-five, but the heat would still be on seventy. So you'd have to like boost the heat up to try and get it up to some uh, some normal temperatures. Cause you wake up in the morning and it's freaking cold in here. Again, cold in this house, cold in this house. But we are surviving. We're surviving, got done with the shovel, thank the Lord that snow is done for at least the short time being. I don't know if it's going to kick off again sometime this week. That'd be very awesome if it did, because I didn't spend the rest of the last week just shoveling like freaking crazy. I didn't shovel like 20 freaking times or something like that, but man, I'm just happy that we're above zero and we're, tend- we're trending towards the right direction in regards to temperatures. If we kept going down, we were going to be in serious trouble. We got to keep going. We got to get back up. We got to get back up. We got to get to above freezing temperatures right now. That's what that's what we're hoping for. Like, when I go outside and let the chick take care of the chickens in the morning and stuff, I have to go exchange their water. And that thing is a freaking solid block of ice. It is just solid. It's a freaking rock. Like, you could kill somebody if you hit him on the head with it. Like, when I, I threw it at the ground this morning. Because I sent a video. Because it's one of those, like, ooh, satisfying videos. because so I was like, oh, it's so shatter everywhere. And no, just a few pieces broke off the edge of it. But the general... I don't know what you want to call it. The the main solid piece of the water was still there. It was a block of ice and it had been there for maybe 12 hours and it just froze like that. And then do not fret, do not worry, do not start yelling me. Don't call Peter or anything. I got a heater in the hen house. That's just how cold it's been outside. So thankfully, again, we are trending up. We are trending up. It's a balmy. Like three degrees or whatever, <laughs> it's not it's not much warmer, but it is warmer. It is warmer. But before we get into what we're going to talk about today, because we got a lot of playoff football to talk about, we have some few draft announcements to go over as well with the quarterback position. So we'll go over those as well. But before we get into any of that, let's make sure to go over to the housekeeping items first. Make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman, Instagram accounts Blackman Logan, the show's Instagram accounts the Logan Blackman Show One. Facebook and YouTube, search The Logan Blackman Show. It should pop up. Make sure you like and follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And of course, the main thing you can do is follow and or subscribe to the Apple Podcast and our Spotify accounts and leave a rating out of five stars. Leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. And you can also check out the loganblackmanshow.com. You can check out all our blog posts on there, as well as all those aforementioned links to those social media pages. But also, if you follow the social media accounts, you will get, you will see the links for all the different blog posts that we have on the website. So, yeah, just do all that stuff. I'd greatly appreciate it. I'd greatly appreciate it. Warm warm everything around me by subscribing to the Logan Blackman Show podcast. And it doesn't need – I want a rating, like a five-star rating. That's that's obviously the most uh, insane honor you can give anybody, is a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But if you don't feel like I, Logan Blackman, host of the Logan Blackman Show, am up to that standard – on this episode or all the episodes in general, then feel free to give me whatever rating you feel, just as long as leave the description down below. I will accept it. I will accept it. I might not be very happy about it, but I will work my way around, and I will accept it. I will turn the other cheek, and I will accept it. That's what you have to do when you take L's. That is what you have to do. That's the number one thing, is when you take an L, you gotta learn to take it with some class. Unless the winner is a complete asshat and makes things a total... Facade and just calls you a bunch of names and starts saying that they have the right to clap back a little bit. But in defeat, try to just take it on the chin and we'll move on to the next one. I'm talking strictly you, George Pickens, wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers. What a segue! What a freaking segue! Uh, yeah, so the Buffalo Bills beat the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday because the game got moved from Sunday to Monday. Uh, they beat them 31 17, and to be honest, it shouldn't have really been that close. The Bills beat the crap out of them. It was, a, it was a similar situation to what we saw in the Dolphins game where they didn't turn the ball over though, which was nice, but it was a similar situation where that game just should have been bad. Like it should have been really bad. Like the Steelers are not a good football team. They should not be in the playoffs. That was my big concern. That's why we kept saying last week was like, there's no way they can lose to the Steelers, right? There's no way. There's no way. And then once sun, su- uh, Sunday happened and watched the Green Bay Packers absolutely obliterate the Dallas Cowboys, and I understand the Green Bay Packers are a lot more—they're a young team, they're the youngest team in the NFL—but they've got some talent on that roster, especially at the quarterback position, which some of the Pittsburgh Steelers do not have. But that fear that a seven seed can actually now beat a two seed is the first seven seed to beat a two seed. Granted, it only been around for like five or six years or something, but it had to happen at some point. And the Dallas Cowboys were not were the, probably the best recipient of that dubious honor of being the first two seed to ever. Lose in the first round to a seven seed. That, 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 is, that is the most Dallas Cowboys thing ever. That that could not have happened to a better team. The football gods were, were in their bag with that one. Have you guys seen that gif of Gunna when he's writing lyrics down on that paper and the room just starts lighting up because it all starts with the pen? The pen just turns into fire. That's the script writers. That is the script writers. Like, it has been scorched earth for the Dallas Cowboys since that happened. But when that game got over, the fear that I had, now I wasn't sitting here like, oh my God, the Bill, I was already thinking the Bills were going to lose. Now their final nail's been put in the coffin. They're definitely losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday now. We'll get to that in a little bit in regards to why it got moved to Monday. But, man, it didn't help anything. It definitely didn't help anything. It's like, this is going to be something stupid happens this year. because The general consensus on Twitter for the past couple weeks is like, man, this NFL season has been kind of ass in regards to we don't really know who the best teams are. Like the 49ers, they looked unbeatable when they absolutely torched the Cowboys in, what, week four or five? And they lost three games in a row. And then you got the the Dallas Cowboys lost to the Arizona Cardinals. They got beat by 20 by the Eagle, by the 49ers and the Bills. you got the Ravens losing the likes of the Steelers and the Colts. Like, I know they had 10 wins or whatever, but come on, man. <laughs> if you're a team like the Baltimore Ravens, you should not be losing the Steelers. And this, I'm not including the last week of the regular season one. I'm talking about the one that happened earlier in the season it, at Heinz, well, Not Hinesfield. What the hell is the stadium? It's Field. It's like the Sears Tower in Chicago. It, it can be named whatever. The, the, no one calls that thing the Willis Tower. It is the Sears Tower until we see fit. It will always be the Sears Tower. It always has been. It always will be. I will never conform and start saying the Willis Tower. I can't do that. I will never do that. So I will not call whatever the hell Hines Field's name is now Whatever it is. I'm going to call it Heinz Field until I see fit. Now, it is it is very impressive that they were able to rebuild that entire stadium and get over the fact that they lost an entire team when Bain walked out in the field and exploded and, uh, imploded the field. I said it exploded, but it was more imploded, wasn't it? Because it all went down. It all went down. So it was imploded, not, not exploded. And Heinz Ward, man, the lone survivor of that team. Ben Roethlisberger died. Uh, Mike Wallace died. Uh, Kessel died. There was a... It was a lot of tragedy in that game, but the Steelers, hey, they got over it. They moved on, and hey, they're in the playoffs. The Dark Knight Rises came out what, like ten years ago? A little over ten years ago. Like, hey, that's a that's a quick turnaround, if you ask me. That's a very quick turnaround. Make the playoffs after your whole team died, apart from Heinz Ward, who was some for some reason on kickoff duty. Why was Heinz Ward the kick returner? Why, would, why was Hines Ward ever instilled as a kicker turner? That, ma- that makes no sense. He was like 35 when the movie came out. Why the hell are you having a 35-year-old kicker turner? We're getting off topic, which is something we never do here on the show, but let's try to get back on topic here. Let's try to get back on topic. But that Steelers game, good Lord. Like I, I said this on, it was either Wednesday or Friday show, I can't remember. Like There was part of me that was like, I'm more confident beating the Chiefs than I am beating the Steelers. And that shouldn't make any sense, and I don't expect it to make any sense whatsoever, but it was just the fact that the Bills shouldn't lose this game. They're 10-point favorites, they're at home, like, they should not lose this game. But there's some part of you that's just like, this is the one game where I think a lot of people are like, man, the Steelers are probably the worst team in the playoffs. The Bills are riding the six-game winning streak, or five-game winning streak, sorry. They just won the division, they just beat the Dolphins, they piss-pounded the Cowboys. Like, there's... but like the hottest team in the league, so they 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 should be able to put aside a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers who are world-renowned ass despite winning 10 games. I think the Steelers have more of those quote-unquote good ass teams than anybody else in NFL history. Like, you remember a couple years ago? It was a little more than a couple years ago, but they made the playoffs. They started off like 13-0 or 12-0. The first matchup they had was against the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns blitzed them. <laughs> it was Baker Mayfield. We'll talk about Baker here. And a little bit as well as so he just got a playoff win. And we'll go over our, our picks from Friday and see how well we did comparatively to the rest of what actually happened. But man, I'm just happy it's over. I'm happy it's over. And I watched the game with Brady and my dad. Brady obviously being a Chiefs fan. My dad obviously being, you know, you might, you might know he's a Bills fan. It, it, it's stressful. It's stressful. Because I'm generally, when it comes to my sports teams, I'm a pessimistic fan. I'm generally a very pessimistic fan. Because you can't get lower. If you go below what I'm expecting, then we're going to have some serious problems. So it's really only up. That's how I like to look at it. Maybe that's the wrong way of looking at things. I don't know. Especially when it comes to sports anyways. I don't really look at life like that. But when it comes to sports, that's generally how I see that. Like the Chicago Blackhawks, they got the number one overall pick in the NHL draft. I went on for months saying there's no way in hell they're getting the number one overall pick. There's no way. There's a 0% chance they're getting a number one overall pick. You want to know what happened? They got the number one overall pick. When the Bills lost to the freaking Broncos with 12 men on the field, I was like, man, I wouldn't be shocked if this team went 8-9. Nine, or 9-8. Nine around 500. Missed the playoffs. You want to know what happened? They ended up winning the freaking division. And not only that, they won their wildcard match against the Pittsburgh Steelers. In a game that got moved <laughs> a day. And I think what was funny about the whole move thing, so the Bills, uh, Buffalo, or Orchard Park, I should say. Let's go over some geography here real quick. Let's go over some geography of how the, the Buffalo Metro works. So Orchard Park is south of Buffalo. It's south of Buffalo. Buffalo is the main city, the main epicenter of the entire thing. And then Amherst is north of Buffalo. That's where the university is. So you'll see the Buffalo Bulls. You see, when you watch Maction, that's the Buffalo Bulls they play up in Amherst. It's not that far outside of Buffalo, but, you know, it's the, it works the same. But the snow went through Orchard Park. The snow belt goes right around the stadium. <laughs> and last year, when they had the massive lake effect snow that came through and they moved the game to Detroit, like, Amherst got, like, nothing. They got some snow, but they didn't get a whole lot. Buffalo was shut down. 47 people died in the blizzard last year in Orchard Park. But Amherst, which is about I don't twenty minutes north, half hour north, it looked like nothing happened there. It depends on traffic, obviously. It's it depends. It's like where I'm at. It's like like where I'm. My house is in Madrid. Like my parents got absolutely blasted with snow, and I barely got any. That's what it makes zero sense. But that's how lake effect is. And you see all those pictures. The wall of snow. It's not a cloud. Like when they were posting all these pictures of this giant what looked like a cloud across the skyline. No, that's snow. That's hell. That's thundersnow. My old Twitter name is like, that is hell on earth. And it goes right through Orchard Park. They had like three feet of snow. Couple that with the free- freezing temperatures. It wasn't like negative or anything, but cold nonetheless. And like effect snow is not nice. <laughs> it's very not nice. Like we went to the Dolphins game last year. That had the remnants of lake effect snow. Lake effect snow happened a week or two prior when they played the Browns. or That was two weeks ago because they played the they played the Lions on Thanksgiving. So it was the two weeks before the Dolphins game. They finally got all cleaned up as best you can, I guess. And then more snow came in, but it wasn't lake effect snow. There's a difference. So when you had all these people on Twitter like, man, the NFL is trying to work things out for the Bills again. Well, no. Or Buffalo's soft. No. No, there's a travel ban put in by the governor. (laughs) So you know what, if you want to drive, we have the right to arrest you because we have a travel ban in place. So you're not getting to the game. So we're not playing the game because the players, this might surprise you. It's like, it's like teachers. When you're in elementary school, you don't know where teachers do. You don't think teachers have an outside life or life outside of school. Like I, this might shock you. The football players do not live at Highmark stadium where the Bills play. They do not live there. They have houses that are all around the greater Buffalo area. They don't live in the stadium. I know, shocking news. They can't even go to the game. (laughs) So it's not like it's, oh, they're doing this just for the fans. No, the players can't even go there. And I don't know if this report's true, but I saw something yesterday that said uh, they're having open seating. I don't know if that's true. I highly doubt it's true, but I haven't – I've only seen it once. I've only seen it once. So I don't know if it's true or not, but it's basically first come, first serve – because you couldn't tell where the seats were. They cleared off the aisles. They cleared off the stadium. But you couldn't clear off all the seats. So it was just a freaking mess. They had, it was so much snow. They, they had people coming in on snowmobiles to go help out shoveling out the stadium. Travel band started at 9 o'clock at night on Saturday. And then carried over into the next day. The Steelers didn't even get there until about 3 o'clock Sunday. so like Or 4 o'clock their time, I guess. 3 o'clock here. But, man lake effect snow is no joke. And if you're not from the area or like a fan of a team there or not been to the area, at least you do not understand lake effect snow, like snow here, shut down everything. The snow that we had shut down everything. I did not leave my house because I was snowed in my driveway. And if for those of you don't know, I share a driveway with two other people. I have a law my driveway goes behind the houses, but they control the opening of the driveway. So I was stuck essentially. And they cleared it out and I don't have the facilities to clear it out. So we were kind of stuck <laughs> the entire week. We were kind of just stuck. And that was here. I don't know how much snow we officially got, but good Lord, that wasn't lake effect snow. The drifting was bad enough. That would shut down everything. Some businesses were closed down because of the drifting that was happening. You Couldn't even get on the freaking doors, like shoveling about a four foot drift <laughs> outside the house was not necessarily something I really wanted to do, but I kind of had to because the whole, I need to walk and people need to walk around and the mailman's probably going to try and come through and it's negative 13 degrees outside. So it's just, that got shut down. Like us here, especially people down the South, what was funny was that it was like Dolphins fans. And we'll talk about them here in a little bit as well. They were the ones talking about it. How soft the bills were, how soft Buffalo was because of the snow. You're from Florida. I had friends that were from Atlanta that I went to, went to William Penn with. They shut down for an inch of snow. They have zero preparation or zero idea of what snow we get is like. Let alone Buffalo snow. It's two completely different things. And that's, that's being generous to the people down in the south. You have no idea what snow is like. And we like to think we know what snow is like. And we don't even understand what it's like over in Buffalo. So they had to move the game. But it was sad because the governor said uh she she said something about the Steelers staying in Pittsburgh or something like that, like trash talking, is like, man, I don't like this. <laughs> Remember when the Cincinnati mayor said something last year for the AFC championship game, and Travis Kelsey called him a jabroni after the AFC championship game when the Kansas City Chiefs won? Like that I didn't need that. I didn't really need that. <laughs> so I was not really looking forward to the backlash of that. But you know, they ended up winning. But the and then you got the people, the brainiacs. They were talking about the Dome. Like, if the Bills had a Dome, this would have all been solved. The game would have been played anyways. No, dickhead. Use your critical thinking here. It was a travel ban. You could have had 18 Domes prepared for this game. Guess what? The game still wouldn't have gotten played. They still would have moved it to Monday. The only reason they played it Monday is because that was like, we want to keep the home field. They were going to move that shit to Atlanta. Remember last year, if the Bills and Chiefs made it to the AC Championship game, they were going to play that down in Atlanta which it didn't end up mattering because the Bills got absolutely ass slapped by the Bengals in the divisional round last year. But I digress. That game's not important (laughs) when I talk about that one. One team's in the playoffs, still one didn't even make it this year. But the Dome does not solve any issue. It doesn't. It really doesn't. So, like, my dad and I have always, like, made fun of people that go, like, oh, the Bills need a Dome, the Bills need a Dome. No, they don't. I don't think you understand (laughs) that these guys do not live at the stadium. I know you have your two brain cells banging together, And you're going like, oh, they could have played this game if it was in a dome. No, they couldn't. Unless you had an entire dome around the entire city of Buffalo. Even outside, you need to have it from Orchard Park to Amherst and just loop that shit around the entire state pretty much because that's the only way this game was getting played. That was the only way. It didn't matter what happened. And then people start going, oh, the NFL's just trying to fix it for the Bills. What? (laughs) What are you talking about? 47 people died in the blizzard last year. There was a travel ban. There's no moving this for anybody. And they were like, the only way the Steelers would win this game is if they played in this, those positions. No! Because guess how many yards they had running the ball yesterday? Guess how many? Guess how many their top back had yesterday? Jalen Warren had 38 yards rushing. That was their leading rusher yesterday. The Bills, who would have been so stifled about the fact that the but the freaking Pittsburgh Steelers ran the ball so much, it was the only way the Steelers could win. James Cook had 79 yards. So, like, I don't I don't really see what the issue was with how this is screwing the Steelers. Because, you remember the Cowboys game? Just to jog your memory a little bit, because so it seems like people forgot about that. Because the Bills, this is not the Bills from last year, two years ago, or three years ago. They have a rushing attack now, outside of Josh Allen. They actually have one. They have a pretty damn good back in James Cook, who you can make an argument this year specifically. I'm not saying in the grand scheme of the NFL... This year specifically, you can make an argument he was a top five back in the league this year. Again, he was a thousand yard rusher and had over four hundred yards receiving. He's won two backs to do that, and the other one was Christian McCaffrey. Like you can make an argument. I'm not saying like yes or no to he is a guaranteed top five back. You can make an argument for it. For this year, I gotta keep stressing that out this year. Because I know there's some backs that you might think are better to have a longer tenure. Cause James Cook's only done this for one year. Barely played last year. He didn't play the first game. He fumbled the first carry he had, he sat the rest of the game. (laughs) But that Cowboys game, which was rain, James Cook had 179 yards and a touchdown, not to mention 42 yards receiving, so he had over 200 yards to the offense. But the Bills would have been screwed, or the Steelers were screwed, because the only way they were going to beat the Bills is running the ball, because the Bills famously do not have a running back. (laughs) Famously. Famously. They don't have Latavius Murray either. No, they don't have him. Nice power back in there. No, they don't have that. Oh, they don't have... Oh, what's his name? Uh, Josh Allen. Oh, they don't have that guy who had a 52-yard touchdown run in this game, which is the second-longest playoff run by a quarterback in NFL history, with the first one being Kaepernick. Like, that Bills would have been told... They would they would have lost the game for sure. You're right. If that game got didn't get moved... The Bills were oh, the Bills were definitely losing this game. Thank God, Roger Goodell and the mayor of but the the governor of New York came together and said, "Hey, we need to get the Bills and Chiefs to play each other in the playoffs." So we're going to move this game. The Bills didn't need help beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. They needed more help from themselves because <laughs> they made this game a lot closer than what it should have been. And George Pickens, it's hard to beat the refs and the Bills. What calls are you bitching about? What bad, egregious call was there that to completely turn the tide of the game? Dude, you got your ass kicked. Did the refs make you fumble the ball on the first drive of the game or second drive of the game, whenever it was? Did the refs do that? And Josh Allen hit Dalton Kincaid over the middle of one play later? Did they do that? Did they make Pat Friermuth fumble, too? Oh, my God. Which the Bills recovered that one, but I guess his head was on the sideline, so they didn't. So it was Steelers' ball, I guess. I don't know. Man, yeah, the Steelers got screwed in this game. Good Lord! And I love the people that talk about this on social media are like fifteen year olds that run those stupid fake insider accounts. Those are my least favorite accounts ever. ML Football, Dove Climbing, all those stupid accounts. I hate those accounts. The Burning Passion, because all they do is try to stir up clicks without actually having any knowledge of anything. Like there was one clip of Connor McGovern, left left guard for the Bills, pushing. Uh, Joey Porter, it was uh, the third down player. Josh Allen rolled out to the right, threw it to Diggs. I think it was like third and nine or something. And Connor McGovern came in from the backside and hit him. And Joey Porter left the game with an injury. It's not a dirty play, dickhead. They're like, what? This is disgusting with like a bunch of exclamation points, those stupid wide eye emojis. That's not a penalty. I'm sorry. They'll never call that penalty. (laughs) If they do, soft. Because, you know, they could have called the penalty when they flipped over Stephon Diggs. They could have called the penalty when freaking Miles Jack jumped on his back when Khalil Shakir ran in the end zone and tackled him. Their mission was to hurt Stephon Diggs. You can point out three or four times where that happened. That's just two of them. And then I saw someone today really crying that the Bills didn't get a a taunting penalty for Diggs taking a drink of water on their sidelines. As we learned with the Josh Allen taunting penalty against the Bengals, you have to be doing it to somebody. You had to be looking at somebody and pointing at them or making them feel like an idiot. Stefan Diggs didn't do that. He just took the water and left. He didn't go up to somebody and like get down in someone's face, take a sip of water and leave. No, he just took a sip of water and got back on the field. Really? <laughs> really? We're crying about that penalty? Which wasn't a penalty in 100 years? And we're not even going to discuss, well, no, we are, the fake slide really <laughs> the fake slide on Josh Allen's 52-yard touchdown run like I understand that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and a few other quarterbacks will get some generous calls I was talking to Brady last night during the game when Josh Allen got a flag or got got a someone got a penalty for hitting Josh Allen when he was sliding I was like yeah Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes get those calls I have made fun of Josh Allen because Josh Allen does like to simulate things a little bit on these rough and the passer calls I will make fun of him for that This is no fake slide anywhere. This is called copium. And the only way you can wrap your head around your stupid Steelers team winning this game was because you think they got screwed. Where did they get screwed? Point it out. (laughs) Because I have watched the highlight a thousand times. Shocker, the 52-yard touchdown run. Where does he fake slide? If you have watched Josh Allen at any point, were you expecting him to cut a Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick-esque juke on the play? What are you expecting him to do? He's 6'5", 250 pounds. He ran the fastest he's ever run this season. He almost ran damn near 20 miles an hour. He had 19.66 miles an hour. You think Josh Allen, who is known for being the least graceful athlete in the NFL, is going to throw in some sick juke? Because you can screenshot it. The way Josh Allen stopped or slowed down at the start of the run is the exact same way he stopped and slowed down when he got to the end zone. So, was Josh Allen fake sliding when he got all the way into the end zone to celebrate with the fans? Was that what he was doing there, too? Good lord. Ridiculous. Take your sorry ass team back to Pittsburgh. Good lord. You shouldn't even be here. Good gr- lord. Good lord. Mike Tomlin's even tired of your shit. Jeez. Mike Tomlin tar- carries a team with a top 10 pick roster into the playoffs, and you're mad that you lost the Bills. I'm sorry, you didn't get anything screwed for you because it's funny. Bill's got a pass interference call in the red zone. Two plays later, Kyrie Elam, the guy who had the defensive pass interference, picks it off. What did you, get? you didn't get screwed anywhere. You got lucky. You scored 17 points. That game was ass. It should have been a way bigger win for them. Bill should have blew them out of the freaking water. And Josh Allen, while we're on the top of Josh Allen, Uh, I never in my life want to hear Tua or Dak brought in the same conversation with Josh. I said this last week. The only quarterbacks I want Josh Allen to be compared to is Mahomes and Lamar. That's it. Do not bring in Dak. Sure as hell don't bring noodle arm Tua into this game. Don't do that. Do not do that. Don't don't bring in Brock Purdy either. Seriously, Don't, don't be disrespectful here. I like all those guys to a certain extent. I have no beef with them, but Dak making second team all pro, really? That was a joke when he got announced. Now it's even crazier now. You know how many times they said throughout the broadcast that, man, him and CeeDee just look off today. This looks so off today. This looks so off. They had problems earlier in the season. And then Dak just started force-feeding it to CeeDee, who led the league in receptions by a pretty wide margin. He had like 133 catches this year. Good Lord. You'd never bring up Dak and Tua in the same conversation. Ever. Ever. Like the Steve Young when they won the, when Steve Young won the Super Bowl against the Chargers. Ever. Ever. That's so disrespectful. They ain't doing that. They ain't have no 52-yard runs in them. They don't. I'm sorry. They can't do that. They can't make half the throws Josh Allen made. And again, I don't want to hear about the turnovers. I really don't care. Because Josh Allen maybe throwing interceptions, they're at fourth down or they're third and long or something, or he's trying to go to the end zone. I would rather have Josh Allen roll out to the right, huck it deep, get picked off on fourth down and 18, then watch him check it down five yards past the line of scrimmage. Because that's exactly what Tua did. But we want to talk about how Josh Allen's got an interception problem. I would take the punt, essentially, of what Josh Allen did, Versus Tua just giving up on a play. Like, this is what we always talk about. I'll take the interception with Josh Allen. I will take it. They really do not bother me at this point. The fumbles bothered me a little bit more than the interceptions did. Fumblings are more annoying because you're literally just giving the ball away. There's a lot of different factors that could go into an interception. Like the Gabe Davis drop against the Broncos. There's a lot of different factors that can go in there. One of his interceptions was on a Hail Mary against the Jets before halftime. But you just look at the interceptions, and you're like, man, that guy throws a lot of interceptions. Which again, he doesn't lead the league in interceptions. Even though, despite what media tells you, he does not lead the league in interceptions. He doesn't lead the league in turnovers either. But he does is lead the league in touchdowns. And he had four in the playoffs this game. He didn't turn the ball over either. Didn't turn the ball over uh, one time in this game. Josh Allen, postseason career, only player in postseason history. Postseason history, again, keep Dak into a back 250 plus passing yards a game and 50 plus rushing yards a game minimum four games this isn't like two games he's done it four times <laughs> do not that's minimum four games that's minimum I, I, that, he, that's not through four games that's minimum four games Josh Allen is undefeated in divisional round games he's played in the divisional round four times he's won four times there that's just divisional round alone beat the Steelers this year beat the Dolphins last year Beat the... Who was two years ago? Because so the Patriots, obviously. That ass-kicking they delivered to the Patriots. and the negative degree game. And the Colts. With Phil Rivers. Never bring up Tua again with Josh. Never. And that was what the funniest part about that Chiefs game was. Was all the receipts coming out from idiotic Dolphins fans. <laughs> Man. We're just going to stick with the Bills for a little bit. But Josh Allen again. And Bills history... This is the crazy thing. This shocked me, by the way. Josh Allen has the most offensive touchdowns in the playoffs in Bill's history. He's played nine playoff games. He has 24 touchdowns. That's a pretty damn good ratio right there, isn't it? The two people that are below him now are Thurman Thomas with 21 and Jim Kelly with 20. Thurman Thomas played in 21 games. Jeez, 21 games. Jim Kelly played in 19. Josh Allen plays has jeez, played in 10 less games than Jim Kelly did in the playoffs and has three more touchdowns. Three more touchdowns in 10 less games. Like come on. Like don't compare and you can make fun of the like oh the Bills have had this terrible history. They lost four Super Bowls. Well, yeah, they played a lot of damn playoff games in those four years. (laughs) Played a lot of playoff games. Josh Allen right now, this is hilarious. This is one of my favorite stats. I'll I'll always die on the hill that Jim Kelly's better than Troy Aikman. I'll always die on that hill. Uh, Troy Aikman has less passing touchdowns right now than Josh Allen. At this point in his career, I'm saying passing touchdowns. I'm being specific. Passing touchdowns, Josh Allen has more than Troy Aikman. His entire career. Brakeman, I think, has 165. Josh Allen is 167. For those who are counting, Josh Allen was drafted in 18. And he started, he missed a few games his rookie year, but he's pretty much started every other game, every game apart from those little injury blips, that year. Troy Aikman played in, got drafted in 89. I think his last year was 99. So it's 10 years. And he has less touchdown passes than Josh Allen. Again, pat it'd be a wash with total touchdowns, passing touchdowns. Man, if you can find a player that's more boosted by Super Bowl trophies, it's that guy. <laughs> it's that guy. I think Mahomes already has more pass, had more passing yards than him like his fourth year in the league or something like that. Craziness, absolute craziness. So speaking of Mahomes, Bills would take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the in the divisional round, first time in Buffalo, since COVID. Bills have played the Chiefs, it feels like, 100 times these past five years. All but one of them been in Kansas City. That was the COVID Years to no fans there. This is Patrick Mahomes' first ever road playoff game. First ever road playoff game. I understand he got drafted in 2017 and didn't start playing until 2018, but still, dude has never played on the road in the playoffs. Nice, cushy, recliner down there in Kansas City. Get your ass up, we're going up to Buffalo. And it was freaking cold in Kansas City. And Brady and Carly, credit to them. Credit to them. They went down to that game. They went down to that game. And I, I just want to say this. Uh, it was colder in Madrid than it was in, <laughs> down in Kansas City. So, if anything, they took a little vacation. It was negative 13 when kickoff happened. It was negative f- uh, 4, I think they said, when the game kicked off down in Kansas City. Like, you took a freaking vacation. You got 10 degrees warmer. 9 degrees, but I'm, I'm, 10 sounds cooler. You got to take a vacation down there. You went south, got super warm. Jeez. And I saw a Kansas basketball fan that posted a picture of the of, uh, Allen, Fog Allen Fieldhouse, packed stadium. I was like, man, basketball fans are just different. I was like, well, I'm doing the same exact thing the people in Fog Allen Fieldhouse are doing. I'm sitting in a 70 degree enclosed environment while it's negative degrees outside. Yeah, I'm doing the exact same. So I guess I'm built different. <laughs> Those football fans that I can't see, bunch of pussies right jeez 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 but it looked cold it looked miserable down there there's some stupid idiots that are rocking around shirtless i saw there was about 10 cases of hypothermia down there in kansas city no way really if you don't probably prepare yourself you're probably gonna get hypothermia you're walking around shirtless when it's negative four degrees out probably gonna get hypothermia and what's even funnier it was a stupid dolphins fans that were doing it people in kansas city were smart midwesterners were smart We know how to conquer every single element. Those people down south, they know two seasons. And that's summer and fall. That is it. They don't have spring because it's friggin' hot all the time. And they don't have a winter because it never snows. They shut down again at an inch. Which is a lot of snow, really, if you think about it. (laughs) Oh. But, man. Chiefs kicked their ass, too. That game should have been worse, too. Dolphins' last two games... Should have been way worse than what they were, like the Bills should have kicked the shit out of them, and so should the Kansas City Chiefs. Both games were not even remotely close. <laughs> like the Chiefs were so dominant in that game, they would get down to the red zone, stall out, and they just kick field goals. They're, like, they're not going to do anything. They had that one massive play from Tyreek Hill, and that was it. Like the Chiefs were the Dolphins were not doing anything that entire game, and the Chiefs were like, "Yeah, let's we'll just kick field goals." I mean, Harrison Bucker made about 18 of them against the freaking Chargers. Like, he could just do that again. Why not just keep the keep the thing going? He did the same thing against the Bengals. Like, Harrison Bucker's feeling himself right now. Like, just keep kicking that damn thing. Like, it's working out beautifully at this point. <laughs> oh, goodness. But that was beautiful. So, I remember last week, when we were going over my least favorite teams in the NFL, we said the Dolphins and Chiefs were my top two least favorite teams at this point in time. Obviously, the Patriots with, like, skin in the game because hurt my feelings a lot (laughs) during my childhood but I found myself cheering for the chiefs I cheering is not the right word I I saw myself rooting against the dolphins that's the best way I could put it and most of that comes from and I didn't expect it to happen but I answered my own question where I was like I don't know who I dislike more the chiefs or the dolphins and it's the dolphins I I hate the dolphins and the reason I hate the dolphins is because yeah chiefs fans can be very annoying. It's going to be very annoying. Like the freaking, oh, we're the new Patriots now. We hold five straight AFC Divisional... T- we have five straight home pl- Divisional... champ Ch- yeah Five straight AFC title games hosted. There we go. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how I wanted to say that. I couldn't get it, couldn't get it out for some reason. you host five straight AFC title games. You go to three Super Bowls, win two of them. You're going to be a little entitled there. But now we're at a point where the Chiefs have enough skin in the game to where, you know what, I can kind of accept it. Last year was the final year where I was kind of like, eh, screw you guys, you're not the Patriots. Now they've won two Super Bowls, been to three, hosted five straight AFC Championship games. I am like, yeah, okay, you've got enough skin in the game. You've got sweat equity kind of thing. Like, you got that kind of stuff going for you. The Dolphins don't. At this point in time, because the Detroit Lions beat the beat the Rams, the Miami Dolphins now have the longest streak, active streak, of not winning a playoff game. They have been ass my entire life. They had a one-win season one year. One or two-win season with, uh, oh, crap, what was his name? Oh, crap. Uh, I can't remember his name. Not, one, not Dave Wanstad. He was there, but not during that season. What was his name? Not Dick Duran, this Bill's legend. (laughs) I can't remember his name. But they had a one-win season there. Their big success story was the freaking Wildcat option with Ronnie Brown. That was like their big thing. And they got kind of good for like a year. And it just so happened that Tom Brady tore his ACL week one. So it made it a little bit easier to win the division. Their last division title that way. Their only division title of the 21st century, if I'm not mistaken, for the Miami Dolphins because the Patriots had all of them except for that one and maybe a couple others. The Bills had four straight, obviously. But the Dolphins haven't done anything. Like before the season started, we talked about the Dolphins have the best team in the AFC. They just brought in Jalen Ramsey. Bradley Chubb's going to be here for a full season. They got Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Wall, Tua. Like, oh, this team's going to be so good. Then we had to hear all about this revolutionary offense when they beat the Broncos by 50 points, 170 to 20. We had to hear all about that. I was at the Bears-Chiefs game when that happened, and they announced the, the score... 70,000 people collectively went, Oh my God. <laughs> because 70 points in an NFL game is ridiculous. He played the Broncos, though. And you're sitting there listening to all this stuff about this revolutionary offense, this insane team, too, is this insane quarterback. They had that Barnburner week one against the Chargers. Like, this is this insane, insane team, this revolutionary, revolutionary. How many times it said revolutionary about the Dolphins' offense, even when they were getting their chief clapped by Kansas City? How many times they said it? Like, good lord! <laughs> and then the next week after the Broncos game, you, be, you get beat forty-eight to twenty, you get put back in your back in the corner. Bills reminded you who was who really ran this bitch. The Bills were six and six. They lost the Patriots, the Miami Dolphins, ended up choking the division. They lose the Titans. They gave up a two touchdown lead with less than three minutes left to go in the game. Teams with that position were seven hundred and sixty something and oh. Until the Titans came in and won the Titans, and then you lose the division of the chart to the Bills. And you get blasted by the Ravens, beautifully, beautifully game, beautiful game, beautiful game. Second ass kicking this season with this revolutionary offense get absolutely obliterated. Five touchdowns for both quarters. I know they're playing the defense, but still, five touchdowns that Josh Allen played the healthiest Dolphins team of the year <laughs> in week four or whatever it was. But speaking of health, like they they kept saying, the Dolphins have six players out on defense. They have like twenty something sacks out. Their two top sack, uh, sack getters this year were out with injury. Bradley Chubb obviously tore his ACL in the last raining seconds of the freaking Ravens game. How are what he why he was in? I have no idea. So they had Justin Houston, who I forgot even existed, and then they said his name's like oh they're bringing Justin Houston. They are down enormously bad, but with their defense having six starters out. You would think it was the freaking offense. That offense sucked. They were brutal in that game. Again, that game was not even close. They had one first down on third down that game. It was a Tua run. An insane thing to see, I know. But it's funny when these games kind of happen where you're trying to compare and just look blindly at stats and go, like, like, I could, again, we talked about this with the Pro Bowl vote. I could have, I accepted Tua in the Pro Bowl because he led the league in passing yards. Mahomes does not deserve to go to the Pro Bowl this year, but I understand why he's there because it's Patrick Mahomes. Tua, all of his stats, all of them are scheme-based. He's not somebody that's going to put a team on his back and lead him to the promise. He's not going to do it. He can't do it. The scheme is insane. I like the Dolphins' offense in general practice, but good Lord. Tua ain't it. He's fine. but We can't just blindly look at stats at this point in time. We can't blindly looking at stats. Same thing with the interception with Josh Allen has. Again, when Tua checked it down on fourth and 18, I will take the Josh Allen interceptions if that's the alternative. Alternative. You cannot tell me that's better. You can't. Because the Chiefs got the ball at like the 40-yard line. If Josh Allen threw, they get the ball at the five. Look at the Jets game. They literally did that. Now that Jets game was frustrating as hell. But still, I would take that Versus whatever the hell Tua tries to do on fourth down. And then to ask Patrick Mahomes for his jersey after the game, dude. Come on, man. Really? Soft to Charmin. Good lord, man. You asked for his jersey. Like Tua seems like a good dude. Seems like a very good dude. But you don't, you just got your ass kicked. Your revolutionary offense choked the remainder of the season. You'd think you had 18 stars out on offense. Let alone six on defense. Chiefs didn't even try to kick your ass, and they did. Chiefs came out throwing the football. Who saw that one coming? They're coming out throwing the football like that. Not me. Now, Cole Hardman, he, that dude sucks now. I don't know what happened to him, but he's... That dude stopped running on deep balls, I think, three times. That could have been touchdowns. At least three times, like I can think of off the top of my head. One of them was a holding call that they missed, but keep running. Because not only will you get the holding call, you get a touchdown as well, potentially. That dude just stops running. I don't know what happened. I don't I don't I have no idea what happened. It's insane. Patrick Mahomes' helmet burst into a million pieces. He had to get a new one on. That stiff ass helmet that was sitting on the sideline in negative four degree weather <laughs> did not probably feel the best when he stuck that thing on his head. But good lord. Man, Dolphins, frauds. We said that before. Dolphins are a bunch of freaking frauds. The Patriots and Jets have more wins above five hundred teams than the Dolphins do combined the Jets and Patriots I think have what 10 wins the Dolphins have 11 themselves one win above a 500 team one win this season but against the Cowboys who are another fraud but we'll get to them in a little bit two seasons so in the past two seasons the the Dolphins equal the Patriots number this season for teams with against, wins against teams with above 500 records Patriots had two of those this year they beat the Bills and the Steelers Dolphins had one against Cowboys and then last year, they beat the Bills week three. Is that the biggest gap ever? Week three to week, what was that? Week, it was Christmas, or Christmas Eve. What what week was that? Week 16? You go from week three of the previous season to week 16, that's your gap for beating an above 500 team. <laughs> that's ridiculously sad. Soft as Charmin, frauds as hell. They're complaining, because it's the Dolphins. That's what they do. I hate that team. I hate that team with a passion. Get back in timeout. You had your fun. You scored 70 points against the Broncos. Good job. Good job. Bill's lost to the Broncos. Yeah, good job beating the Broncos. And now you can watch the playoffs from the couch like I will this week. (laughs) You can join me, Miami Dolphins. We can watch in spirit. We can watch together. But yeah, I, I dislike the Dolphins more than the Chiefs. I figured that out on Saturday. I didn't think it would come to that, but... I thoroughly enjoyed watching the Dolphins get their ass kicked. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I, and I was low key, low key, the lowest of keys cheering for the Kansas City Chiefs, lowest of keys. But now I will not be cheering for the Chiefs. And Brady actually texted me today. So I sent him a picture. We're not going to, it was just a funny little meme picture and involved Josh Allen because it was, you know, the bills just beat the, uh, the Steelers. So we had to, I sent him a Josh Allen thing. He responded to it, but then he responded like he sent something else like an hour later, And he was like, I forgot. Can't laugh at that. We're ops. And he sent me a gif of Andy Reid dabbing. So Brady and I are ops right now. Hatred for the Chiefs now goes back to priority number one. (laughs) Dolphins, yeah, thanks Chiefs for that. Thank you for beating the Bengals as well, because that helped the Bills get in the playoffs as well. I mean, the Bills did it anyways because they beat the Dolphins last week of the regular season, so they did that themselves. But that did help if the Bills didn't beat the Dolphins. and that That win against the Bengals did help. I had to remind my dad that, hey, we need the Chiefs to win. Mean to win, because that'll help the Bills out. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend, kind of thing. But I this team, man. Bills Chiefs. It's what you would one of the games you would consider for the right now here in the NFL. One of the biggest rivalries in the NFL for current things. Historically, Bills Chiefs not the most like insane rivalry. Story. They had some big matchups in the '90s when Joe Montana went over the Chiefs, uh, but other than that, nothing really massive. But now you got Mahomes and Allen, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, then they're in their primes. They go drafted a year apart. Patrick Mahomes got drafted because of the Bills. I say that because the Bills had the tenth pick, and the Chiefs traded up with the Bills. Chiefs drafted Mahomes tenth. Bills drafted Tre'Davious White. So it, I think it all worked out well for everybody. Bills got Josh Allen in the end too. So I, yeah, again, I, I think it all worked out for everybody. But I hate this team. Bills own them in the regular season. The Chiefs own them in the playoffs. As my dad's always said, it's not a rivalry until the Bills beat them in the playoffs. And now they have a chance to do it on home turf. You finally have a home matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. Finally! Since 2020, COVID. No fans in the stands. And now you finally get a chance to right the wrongs of that game. And all the other playoff problems, 13 seconds, the AFC championship game, you got blasted, and Josh Allen threw the ball at the dude's head. Like you can write all those wrongs here. And what's crazy about this game is that put together all-time records between the two, playoffs and regular season combined, each Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have three wins. Josh's have, obviously, all come in the regular season. Patrick's got two in the playoffs and one in the regular season what's even crazier, Josh has got all those wins in Kansas City. Leaped over a defender twice in those two, (laughs) three of those wins. Leaped over a defender in two of those three wins. In these games, Josh Allen has a higher completion percentage. Josh Allen actually ranks higher than Patrick Mahomes in every single metric on this. Completion, apart from passing yards per game, but Josh Allen's also got the rushing yards. Completion percentage, Josh Allen's vastly over Patrick Mahomes. 67.8% 60.9%. to 60.9%, so close to being an LOL moment, but no, not yet. And you know, again, I'm not the biggest proponent or biggest, uh, like, this is the all and be all kind of stat for accuracy. No, I'm not. Like, there's a lot of factors that go into drop, like, completion percentage. We've seen all the drops that both these quarterbacks have had over the years, especially the Mahomes this year, like MVS drop the one against the Eagles or the Packers, whichever one it was. McCole Hardman has a bunch of drops. Kadarius Tony's drops famously this year. Like, there's a lot of factors they go in a completion percentage here. It doesn't show how accurate. It doesn't show you how good the ball was placed. It just shows you whether the ball was caught or not. It doesn't tell you how much the receiver need to adjust to get the ball. It doesn't tell you a whole lot apart from pass, throw, and ball caught. That's kind of about all it tells you. But Josh Allen does reign supreme in that category. Mahomes has more passing yards per game, 301.5 to Josh Allen's 269.2. But again, the brush yards are big for Josh. Pass touchdowns to interceptions. Patrick Mahomes, 13 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Josh Allen, turnover machine here, Uh, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions against the Chiefs. Passer rating, Patrick Mahomes 98.5, Josh Allen 100.5. So it's a really, like, premier matchup here. The two big dogs in regards to quarterbacks in the NFL. In my opinion, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously, no disrespect to Lamar, but these are the two guys. Sorry. I'm excited. I'm thoroughly excited. I don't want to be overconfident or anything. I'm not going to say anything about the Bills are definitely going to beat the Chiefs or the Bills should beat the Chiefs or anything like that like we did against the Cowboys. I'm not going to say that, but I like the Bills' chance. They opened as a two-point favorite, which is, you know, understandable. They're a home team in Buffalo. The first time they played the Chiefs in the home, it at, played Mahomes in Buffalo with fans. And they're going to be doing the same thing next year in the regular season. That got announced uh, like a week or two ago that the Bills and Chiefs are going to play each other at New Era Field next year insane so we're gonna go to that one go to that one's for sure but man Mahomes Allen good lord what a matchup what a matchup and I saw I think it was Trey Wingo was like the only reason the Bills are hosting this game is because Terry's Tony was offsides. that and the fact the Bills beat the Chiefs I mean that did help because there was still a minute left like you're thinking you're telling me Josh Allen's not marching back down the field they still had a lot of time left. There wasn't like, the game was over, walk-off touchdown, Kadarius Tony did. No, there was still a lot of time left. Uh, they also lost the Raiders on Christmas. Like, Christmas Day miracle, that game. I don't understand how that game happened, but <laughs> it did. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was absolutely, mwah, beautiful game. Absolutely beautiful game. But, man, Bill's at home against the Chiefs. It just, it, it hasn't sat with me yet. I mean, the game happened yesterday. The Bills Raiders or Bill Steelers game happened yesterday. So I have still really even factored in the Bills Steelers game. But good lord, I'm I'm nervous, nervy. Obviously, it's the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Like we've said, they've hosted five straight AFC title games. They've been to two, three Super Bowls. They've won two of them. Mahomes won. He's a two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl MVP. Like he's a guy that yeah, I'm nervous for. And then you look at the injury report for this game. I'm a little more nervous because that game against the Steelers. Good lord. Everybody was dropping like freaking flies. They were on their third and fourth string linebackers in this game. It was insane. Because obviously Matt Milano broke his, ga- broke his leg against the Jaguars in London. And then, so you have Baelin Specter, No, not Baelin Specter, Tyrell Dodson come in, who scared the hell out of me that he was going to be the starter. Guess what? Tyrell Dodson was freaking awesome this year. I hold my hands up. Dude played so much better than I thought he would. I was not a big fan of Tyrell Dodson the previous years. I loved him this year, and he missed the game. So Matt Milano's backup is now hurt. And then later in the game, Balen Spector, who was once the fourth string, moved up the third string, he starts the game next to Terrell Bernard. Balen Spector gets hurt. So then Doreen Williams comes in. And then guess what? Terrell Bernard, one of the best players on the Bills, gets hurt. So then A.J. Klein comes in. So the Bills are now with Doreen Williams, who is a rookie, who's not played a ton, but I like what I've seen so far from Dorian Williams. And A.J. Klein, who, like Justin Pugh, straight off the freaking couch. He had to cancel vacation plans to play in the Bills playoff game. Like, they're down horrendously bad in the linebacking room, which has been one of the Bills' strong points when everybody's been healthy, which has been easier said than done this year. And then Taylor Rapp was hurt for this game. Rasul Douglas was hurt for this game. And then Christian Benford gets hurt (laughs) during the game. So the Bills' top three corners, essentially, were out of this game. Trey White, Rasul Douglas, and Christian Benford. So now we're walking out there with Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam. Who Kyrie Elam, I don't think, has been given a fair shake by any stretch of the imagination. I I don't know what I would call Kyrie Elam. Like, <laughs> I don't want to call him a bust, because he hasn't played. But there's been moments where he's played, and I'm like, oh, he's played pretty well. There's been some bad moments. The Jaguars game, he didn't necessarily play the best. But that was his first game of the year. He'd been inactive the entire season. So... I don't really put too much of the blame on that one, but he hasn't—he just hasn't been given opportunities. It sucks, but that's just how—that's sometimes how the cookie crumbles. Was there any more injuries that I'm completely forgetting about? It just felt like every Taron Johnson got a freaking concussion. Bill's second team All Pro recipient, the only All Pro the Bills had this year, which deserving as hell, by the way. I'm, I was up, the only other people I was upset about the not making an All Pro team was Josh, especially when you look at Dak Prescott making it and uh, Ed Oliver who I think should have at least made second team. Like, come on. Ed Oliver's played awesome this year. He played awesome in the Steelers game, too. But again, if the, if the Steelers were running the ball, they would have absolutely blitzed the Bills. So a good thing a good thing they moved the game, because that definitely helped the Bills in that regard. Because they don't have the facilities to stop runs. don't have Daquan Jones, who's finally back for, back for the past two weeks. But that was a big get back, because he got hurt in the Jaguars game, too. And Ed Oliver, one of the best and tier defensive line duos in the NFL – but everybody dropped in this game from the defensive side of the ball. Connor McGovern, starting left guard, we brought up earlier, he got hurt in the game. Stephon Diggs was getting hurt throughout the game. Like, and Gabe Davis didn't play in this game. Like there's James Cook got hurt in this game. Like there's so many freaking injuries in this game for a game that should have been a walkthrough essentially was made a little more stressful because the Bills just weren't finishing off drives. But again, I think it was kind of like the Chiefs situation where. I just didn't feel a need to, but everybody was getting hurt. It was like, what is happening? What is freaking happening? I'm probably missing out some more injuries, but the bills are without, they're with their third and four string linebackers right now. So we're hoping Bernard can play. It said it's a, it looks like a high ankle sprain is what they said. Try Terrell Dotson needs to be back in this game. Tyrell Dotson needs to be back in this game. Rasul Douglas needs to be back in this game. Christian Benford. I would like him back. I, well, I love Christian Bedford to be back. I shouldn't understate it. I like Christian Bedford a lot. But his injury's more recent. Russell Douglas had a whole game to rest. And they trust Dane Jackson. And I, I, I don't like Dane Jackson as a full-time starter, but I'm fine with him coming off the bench every once in a while. Taron Johnson needs to play in this game. If you remember, right, the last time the, the previous year, the Bills and Chiefs played in the regular season, Taron Johnson picked off Patrick Holmes to end the game. I need him in this game. Von Miller looked probably the best he has all season in this game against the Steelers, but he's still been battling that ACL injury. Like, stay healthy, man. So we're going to have an insanely long injury report <laughs> for this game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which was not needed. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't need any more injuries. I don't. It's hard enough beating the Chiefs when they're you're 100% healthy, let alone when you've got nine injuries on defense and you're down to the third and fourth string linebackers here, and one of them is coming off retirement. Essentially retirement. He wasn't officially retired. But basically coming off retirement, cancel vacation plans to get in this game. And then to make even worse, like I, we've talked about this before, officiating in the NFL has been at a very all-time low this year. I don't think that anybody this year, like you're going to see obviously the angry fans, like, oh, we're getting screwed or whatever. The team refs hate us or whatever. There's favoritism, obviously. But the refing this year has been like, we're at a point, we have brought this up before, like we're looking at replacement level ref level here. (laughs) That's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. And in this game, the officiate the official in this game is uh Sean Hockley, who was the referee for the Bills Eagles game that called a intentional grounding call on Josh Allen when he threw it at Gabe Davis while getting horse collared because Gabe Davis blocked. Even though the reason Josh Allen got hit is because Gabe Davis did not block. (laughs) So He officiated the Bills last game against Philly where he called the intentional grounding, missed horse collar, and A.J. Brown fumble as a non-fumble. Bills had 11 penalties in that game for 80 yards. 11 penalties in that game. In four games against Josh Allen's Bills, Sean Hockley has called 40 penalties for 347 yards. And the funniest part about that is a Chiefs fan tweeted that. (laughs) He said, you're going to fight Mahomes and the refs Sunday, Buffalo. A Chiefs fan tweeted that. The Red Tribe Cinema tweeted that. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm very much not looking forward to that. <laughs> I was done with Sean Hockley. I was done. I was like, thankfully, they don't need to have him anymore. And guess what? He comes up in the biggest game of the year. Biggest game of the year against the Bills. Right now, biggest rival. I would say Dolphins, but the Dolphins, I mean, Josh Allen's what, 11-2 against the Dolphins. We're reaching like Tom Brady levels of ownership of this team right now. Wikipedia might as well just change Josh Allen's name to owner of the or occupation is owner of the Miami Dolphins. That's what it should be. Essentially, what it is. Goodness gracious! But man, playoffs are fun, but they're insanely, insanely stressful. Insanely, insanely stressful. Like I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I love it and I hate it at the same time. Like the last time the Bills and Chiefs met in Buffalo in the playoffs was when Joe Montana and the Chiefs played the Bills in Buffalo in the playoff. <laughs> so it's just, there's a lot of things at stake here. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things. But I'm excited. I'm very excited. And Brady and I are ops. We'll try to get Brady and maybe a special guest on the show for Thursday, or Friday show, I guess I should say. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see what the guest book looks like. But I'm sure Brady would do it. We'll see what the what guest we want to bring along, to. It's a big game. It's a very big game. AFC Championship game on the line. Patrick Mahomes' first ever road playoff game. There's a lot at stake here. A lot at stake. Man. But there are other games this weekend as well. We obviously talked about the Chiefs-Dolphins, talked about the Bills-Steelers. Let's go back to Saturday and Texans-Browns. So I would like to say this beforehand. We got... How many games did we get right? We got half of them right, it looks like. I think half of them is we got the Dolphins, we got the Bills, and we got the Bucks. So we got half of them. But starting with Saturday, Texans Browns, uh, what was that? I was an absolute ass king. And it, the thing was, it it happened so damn fast. Like I I texted my dad about Joe Flacco throwing back-to-back interceptions on back-to-back freaking plays. And he he said he went upstairs. It was 24 to 14. He went upstairs, came back down, it's 38 to 14. Was like that. Insane turn. Insane turn. Joe Flacco went back to double agent. DeMar Hamlin has now secured <laughs> the Comeback Player of the Year honors. Joe Flacco did not come back from being ass. He's still ass, so he's coming. He- DeMar Hamlin's steaming back, and he's now claiming the Comeback Player of the Year, which I think he already has. He's probably unanimous at this point. But, you know, Joe Flacco, there's a lot of stupid people out there that saying Joe Flacco should wait because he came back from being ass, and now he's got the Browns in the playoffs. Whatever. But, man... That was crazy. That was absolutely... C.J. Stroud, awesome. C.J. Stroud's so damn good. I... I it's, it's funny because people on Twitter now are going like, C.J. Stroud in one season already erased Deshaun Watson's legacy. I don't know if I go that far yet, but it's a lot easier to root for C.J. Stroud since we know what Deshaun Watson was doing down in Houston the entire time. I like C.J. Stroud a lot. Again, we've defended C.J. Stroud before on this show. I defended him on Twitter. I defended him on this show. We had a whole show dedicated to roasting a dude that had a Twitter account just based around hating on C.J. Stroud. Hating on him. Every time I talked to anybody his first year at Ohio State, I had to, we defended him every single time. We defended him going into the draft. And now we're sitting here with him, sitting here with the rookie of the year, locked up at this point, getting a first-round playoff win for the Houston Texans. It's awesome. Well, I thought the Browns would be able to handle a little bit better than that, but good lord, C.J. Stroud played his freaking ass off. Nico Collins is a freaking beast. Devin Singletary had a good game, too. Like, the Texans just kicked the shot out of them. 14-45 to was the final in this game. Domingo Ryans, C.J. Stroud, the first rookie head coach, rookie quarterback tandem to go to the divisional round since Mark Sanchez and the Jets. Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan. And if you remember that team... They went on the AFC Championship game. Lost the uh, the Colts, I think, that year. So they went to another one, too. Yeah, this is Colts. It was the Colts. Maybe not that. Or was it the Patriots? There was Colts for one, for sure. I know that one. They went to back-to-back AFC title games, so I don't remember which one was the first one. Regardless, it doesn't matter. This Texans team came out of freaking nowhere. So, like, you see... Remember when Nolan Smith, when he played at Georgia, said everybody expected to go 7-5 and, and we won a national championship and no one ever said that in the White House Dream's? the the, cj stroud said that pretty much after the colts game i don't think anybody thought they would be at this point i don't even think the most diehard houston texans fan would have said not only will they make the playoffs they will also win the division and win a playoff game i don't think anybody said that especially with how banged up their offensive line's been some of your best receivers have been out tank dell's been out for a while now cj stroud missed time too remember he had the concussion damian pierce has missed some time Devin Singletary's just kind of taken over, too. Credit to Devin Singletary for that. But, man, they're playing awesome. They're playing awesome. And for the Ravens team, who's resting their starters for now two weeks, are we on upset alert? I'm not saying it will or won't happen, but the Ravens, man, I know you got a very good defense. Mike McDonald's one of the best defensive coordinators of football. We know that. John Harbaugh's obviously been in the situation numerous times. But, man... Texans are playing good. If C.J. Stroud plays like that, I understand Baltimore is going to be a little cold in this week, and I don't know how much C.J. Stroud is going to be affected by that. I know he played at Ohio State, so he's not going to be as affected as someone like Tua, who was, born, who was from Hawaii, played at Alabama. Like I know it's a situ- different situation than he played at Ohio State. I know he's from Cali, but he played at Ohio State, so he's been in cold weather games before. Didn't necessarily play the greatest against Michigan when it was snowing, but we don't know if it's going to snow in Baltimore this week. We'll see. But I don't I really don't like resting your starters for 2 weeks. I really don't. I really don't. The one that I always sticks out to my head is the Broncos that did it. They were going to walk their walk to a Super Bowl. The Jaguars came in, the expansion Jaguars came in and beat them at Mile High Stadium and went to the AFC Championship game. I don't I don't like the fact that you rest your starters for 2 weeks. I don't. It's scary. The Niners did the same thing. It, it stresses me out a little bit. I'm not saying the Ravens and Niners will lose their first round playoff matchup, but I'm a lot more worried than I would have been if they played their stars. I understand why. I'm not sitting here going like you should have definitely played your stars. You have played a Lamar Jackson the entire freaking game against the Steelers. You should have kicked the Steelers out of the playoffs, done all that stuff. I understand why they did it. You don't want any injuries going into the playoffs. But when a team's hot and feeling themselves and getting doubted by everybody before the season started, riding that momentum in, won the division. Won a playoff game against Deshaun Watson's team. I know he didn't play, but he won a game against Deshaun Watson's team. And the rookie, this is what we said. Remember we were talking about the United States and the World Cup? Being this young team? When you're a young player, you don't like you don't know what your situation like he has not he's not old enough to know what fear is at this point in his NFL career. He's not old enough. So he's going in, like he can win every single game. Maybe it's naivety, but. That's how you think of this when you're a kid and you got supreme confidence and no one stopped you at this point. You threw five touchdown passes in one freaking game. Or four or five, whatever it was. Like, he does not know what fear is in the NFL yet. So going into Baltimore, I don't think necessarily he'll be that phased. I don't. We'll see how he does with the weather, but in regards to this, the, the the occasion, I don't think C.J. Stroud will be phased by the occasion. I don't. And D'Amico Ryan's. I don't think he'll be phased by the occasion either. The Texans are a young team with a young quarterback and a young head coach. They don't know stress at this point. They're playing with house money. They were expected to have the second overall pick. They were looked like idiots for trading their first overall pick next year for Will Anderson. Trading up from twelve to three to get Will Anderson. And now you got the two frontrunners for rookie of the year, an offensive, and defensive side of the ball, like. I know it's the Ravens, but let's not pretend like one seed's haven't lost before. I don't think a lot of people out there were expecting the Packers to beat the Cowboys, and yet that happened. And especially not the way it happened either. That was ridiculous. I was not expecting that in the slice. Jordan Love, while we're on the topic of quarterbacks playing like veterans, Jordan Love is awesome. And he's another quarterback that we've defended on this show. There's another one. I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but it sounds like I might know something about quarterbacks. Remember when Adam Shine earlier in the season, tweeted out Jordan Love can't play football? What did we do? We blasted Adam Shine for it. Because Jordan Love can play football. I liked him coming into the 2020 draft. I was not shocked when the Packers took him. We were doing an Instagram Live at the time. I said the two teams will probably go to are the Saints and Packers. And he went to the Packers. Didn't shock me. History loves to repeat itself. Aaron Rodgers, 38 years old, or thir- 36 years old, or whatever he was. Same exact age as Brett Favre. And that Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers line <laughs> looks pretty parallel at this point in time. We'll see what NFC North team Aaron Rodgers decides to go to. Vikings got an opening at quarterback. <laughs> Potentially. But Jordan Love looks freaking good. Jordan Love looked insane in this game. He had a throw to Wicks in this back foot throw that is just is a stupid throw. It's just a stupid throw. Like, when I say stupid throw, it was a ridiculous throw from C- from uh Bryce or Cheese. Jordan Love. That dude can freaking play. With these young receivers, that's why we were so hesitant to go with like, I hate this guy. Like, you're in your first year as a starter. You sat for three years. This is your first year as a starter. You have the youngest team in the NFL, youngest receiving core, extremely raw receivers. Like Christian Gonzalez or Christian uh Christian Watson has been hurt this year. Second round pick. That's your highest pick at wide receiver. It's Christian Watkins. Watkins. You got, it's got Romeo Dobbs. He's probably the best receiver on the team. Jaden Reed, you drafted this year from Michigan State. Wicks, another rookie from I think Virginia. Is there anybody else I'm very I'm missing in this team? Like Aaron Jones was your superior guy there. And Aaron Jones even missed time. Bakhtiari's missed time. And yet they're still good. And yeah, there were some ups and downs. You're gonna get that with a very young team. You're going to get that. It happens. Jordan Love's season this year is better than any quarterback in Bears history in regards to an individual season. So, Jordan Love can play. (laughs) He can play very well. Like, he walked into AT&T Stadium and acted like he owned the place. And some of those throws he made were just... They got a guy. I, I, I don't know how teams are able to do this. Where you go from Favre to Rodgers to now Jordan Love. I don't know how that's fair or how that happens. I know Bears fans aren't necessarily the most thrilled about that. But Jordan Love, that he's a dude. He is a dude. And Aaron Jones, we brought him up. He had a great game too. Three touchdowns in the game for Aaron Jones. Did he have receiving touchdown there too? He didn't. He didn't. I was trying to remember if he did. I forgot about the tight ends. Yeah, Tucker Kraft. Rookie this year too. From South Dakota State, Luke Musgrave injured, but oh no, not injured. Was Tucker Kraft or which one of them was hurt earlier in the year? I don't remember which one, but Tucker uh, Luke Musgrave, a rookie from Oregon State, he was seen as a very raw prospect at tight end, very raw prospect. Like I'm looking, so let's look at their the receiving stats in this game for the Packers. Yeah. Romeo Dobbs, second year guy, later round draft pick, to to in Nevada. We loved him coming out of college. We said that on the show. Luke Musgrave, rookie. Dontavian Wicks, sh- he's a rookie, right? I know he's from Virginia. Yeah, rookie, fifth round draft pick, rookie. Tiger Kraft, rookie from South Dakota State. Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, second year guy. Jane Reed, rookie. <laughs> Bo Melton, second year guy. So your oldest guy that caught a pass and he got one pass is Aaron Jones. He's your running back. Every other receiver you have that caught a pass in this game is a rookie or a second year guy. Like you got to give this guy some time. So, I think it's always crazy going with a guy with his first year as a star. Bryce Young, same thing right now. There's a lot of not very fun things being said about Bryce Young at this point in time. <laughs> and the Panthers sucked. It's not all on Bryce. Do not start writing Bryce Young off yet. Said that before the season with Jordan Love, or during the season with Jordan Love. Young-ass receiving core. Injured offensive line. Taking over for Aaron Rodgers. That shadow is not very small. Probably talking about the greatest quarterback in Packers history. It depends on who you ask. If he's got Brett Favre, Bart Starr, like you got some good quarterbacks in there. But even then, you're following up Rodgers and Brett Favre. There's not many bigger shadows than that. Like we talked about the Niners. We talked about Gino Giovanni Carmazzi last show. Montana, Steve Young, Giovanni Carmazzi. That was the that was the line there. So that third quarterback. <laughs> They can choke on that. The Niners haven't had a consistent quarterback my entire life. That could have changed that they drafted Aaron Rodgers instead of Alex Smith first overall, but Alex Smith had a solid career. When Jim Harbaugh got there, he started turning into a legit quarterback. To go from Favre to Rodgers to now Jordan Love, and I'm not saying Jordan Love's entire career will go around what those two did. I'm not saying he's going to win multiple MVPs, he's going to win Super Bowl, one Super Bowl, because the Packers can't figure out how to get quarterbacks more than one Super Bowl like Favre won three straight MVPs. Favre, or Rogers won four MVPs, four or five MVPs. And both of them got a Super Bowl. I'm not saying Jordan Love will do that. But this dude can play. This dude can play. And he walked in the A&T, AT&T Stadium, big underdog, worst record team in the NFL for the playoff teams. And they blitzed the Cowboys, who are supposed to be this insane dominant team at home. That's another fraud. Two frauds lost this week. Cowboys can't win on the road. Lost to the Cardinals, they lost to the Bills, they lost to the freaking Niners by 100 combined points, pretty much. At home, though, they're supposed to be this amazing team, and they choked in the playoffs. Maybe the, the rumblings of Bill Belichick going out to Dallas really irked Mike McCarthy. Maybe playing his old team in the playoffs irked Mike McCarthy, choking the playoffs. Dak, two interceptions this game. Dak did throw for 403 yards, but that was also because they were playing from behind the entire time. He threw the ball 60 damn times. (laughs) I would expect him to have over 400 yards passing if you throw the ball 60 times in a game. I would hope so, anyways. Jeez. Lost by double digits at home. 48-32. to What a game. Ass kicking. That's three straight ass kickings (laughs) to start off the playoffs. We're not in the greatest run of form there, but then the Rams-Lions game happened. Lions beat the Rams, and I was thrilled for Jared Goff. Thrilled for Jared Goff. Beat his former team. They just cast him away to quarterback hell. The Detroit Lions. Who have had two good quarterbacks in their entire history. That's Bobby Lane, who played in the 50s, and Matt Stafford, who he just got traded for. He went to a Super Bowl, got traded. The Lions. In a bad Lions team. And yet, he has turned his career completely around. Again, we brought this up Friday. If you would have told me that when Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate, that he would at one day be not only worse than Jared Goff, but a backup on Jared Goff's old team, I would have called you crazy. So I was thrilled that Jared Goff and the Lions got this win here. I was thrilled for Jared Goff. Matt Stafford, I mean, whatever. I mean, you got your Super Bowl. Guaranteed Hall of Famer now to the the Brainiacs on Twitter. But I thought it was kind of weird that the Lions fans booed him. (laughs) I thought that was kind of odd. Did did he request a trade? I I was trying to think of what soured the relationship between Matt Stafford and Detroit. Maybe I'm just naive to it. I don't know, but I saw his wife said something that they were booing his kids. I'm gonna t- uh, what's the Jeopardy thing? I'll take things for didn't that didn't happen for 500, Alex. There's no th- yeah. I I spent my entire energy booing these well, how many kids he has. That did not happen. A hundred. That did not happen. <laughs> I don't care if it did. If it did. Then I am sorry, I'm sorry. But there's 1% chance it happened. <laughs> they didn't not just boo the kids. They booed their dad. They didn't boo the kids. And Jared Goff love it for him. And the football gods, they worked out with that. Worked out beautifully there. Because they said, Hey, Lions, you may have gotten screwed by the ref mixing up numbers and getting being stupid against the Cowboys. So guess what? We'll have the Cowboys lose in the first round of the playoffs. So now you get your second home playoff game. Beautiful stuff. The Lions are 12 and 5 right now. They're 13 and 5. You're clearing the playoff record. There's a a reality where the Lions are 14 and 4 in the playoffs right now because if they beat the Cowboys, 14 and freaking 4. Like, what? (laughs) That's so odd. It's the first year in NFL history. Bills, Lions, and Browns all made the playoffs together. Poverty franchises. (laughs) In an NFL sense. In an NFL sense all had success in the afl but especially the browns and lions but nfl wise not not great it was awesome i thoroughly enjoyed it sam laporta played with a massive knee brace on didn't think that was ever going to happen he played well in this game three catches 14 yards but he got a touchdown that's all you need Played with a massive knee brace on amon st brown balled out in this game too witherspoon was getting cooked by amon ross st brown the entire freaking time entire time Puka Nakua went off 181 yards receiving and a touchdown I feel bad for Puka Nakua because he had an insane year this year just so happened CJ Stroud won a division with the Houston Texans who were projected to have one of the worst records of the NFL that's not you're not gonna win rookie of the year I'm sorry Puka I'm not saying it'll be unanimous but it's gonna be pretty damn close and I feel bad for him because he had a record-setting year too same thing to Justin Herbert Justin Jefferson rookie year thing same exact thing same exact thing but Puka Nakua balled TF out in this game but, yeah. Matt Stafford got knocked out. And <laughs> I think Matt Stafford gets hurt, like, every game he plays. At least that's what it feels like. He just miraculously comes back. I don't know if he's, like, like he's playing it a little bit. No, I'm not going to say that because I, I don't want to say that. But I did. But I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but it was a good game. Lions won that game. I was happy for the Lions. I don't remember. I think we – did we say the Rams were going to win that game? I think. But I don't. I don't remember exactly. I know – I said the Buccaneers beat the Eagles. Strictly off vibes. Strictly off vibes. And the Brown- Buccaneers did. Baker Mayfield. Let's go, dude. We bat- we made fun of Baker Mayfield a few times in this show. But, hey, give the due credit where it's due. G- gotta give the due credit. Because when in the playoff... When in this year, a lot of people counted out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because of the fact they replaced Tom Brady with Baker Mayfield. Their quarterback battle this season, was Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. And again, I liked Kyle Trask coming out of Florida, or liked him at Florida. But, good lord, that was not necessarily something that really filled a lot of people with confidence. So the NFC South, and it was, but generally considered to be wide-ass open. And it was. But they came in and they just blitzed them. It turmoil with the Eagles, which is absolutely crazy. They are ass. Like, they, <laughs> and the Bills lost that team. They shouldn't have. They should have beat the Eagles by double digits. They should have killed the Eagles, too. But they beat themselves some points in that game. Didn't finish off drives. But we talked about the 11 penalties they had. (laughs) That definitely didn't help anything. But I've seen a lot of stuff with the Eagles. It's like the collapse of the Philadelphia Eagles could be one of the biggest we have seen in a long time. Uh, It's it's been one year. Like, we haven't had sustained success from the Philadelphia Eagles under Nick Sirianni to say this collapse is insane. I think there's a lot of problems in that locker room. A lot of problems. I'd be intrigued to see if A.J. Brown comes back or not or demands a trade, wherever he wants to do. I'm very intrigued by that. I don't think we need to, like, learn or get away from Jalen Hurts. He's fine. He's he's not amazing. I mean, we had I, – I wasn't necessarily sold on Jalen Hurts last year. I liked what Jalen Hurts did. I thought he had a good year. But I ranked him sixth in our quarterback rankings. And everybody else pretty much had him top four, top three. Brady had him number two. I just wasn't sold. I had Lamar Jackson at four. My top five from last year, I think it's the same order. Not necessarily, not same order, but same five was Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert. That was my top five. And then hurts at six. And I had like Rod, some mixture of Rogers, Lawrence cousins, and Dak in there too. But I'm not hundred percent. Like Jalen hurts is really, really, really good. Quarterback. I think he's fine. Think he's, he's a good quarterback. I'm not saying they need to go out and draft somebody. I'm not saying that at all, but they got to get a firm plan down because what you watch the Eagles play, it's kind of similar to what we saw with Ken Dorsey, and I understand why Brian Johnson's there because he's Jalen Hurts' guy. Like he was, He's known him forever. Like That's Jalen Hurts' dude. So when Shane Steichen went to Indy, they just did a natural progression like the Bills did. When Dable left, they just brought Dorsey. Josh Allen liked Dorsey? They brought him to O.C. Um, J- Jalen Hurts liked Brian Johnson? They brought him up to O.C. when Steichen left. But the problem is, they're, what their game plan is, they're not doing anything in the middle of the field. Nothing. It's all the outside. So it makes a quarterback's life insanely hard. If you're the best or even if you're the worst, it's not easy to make throws consistently just the outside and leave the middle of the field wide open. That's not very smart. And They run a lot of screen plays, too. That never works, seemingly. And they got the tush push. That's about it. That's about the Eagles game plan right there. Everything outside, screen plays, and touch push. That is their offense to a T. And now Jason Kelsey's retiring. Great career. But we'll see if the tush push works next year. But Brian Johnson needs to either go or figure something. Or, or Siriani. They're talking about Siriani possibly getting fired, which I think that's a little extreme. It's been it's been two years. I think he's a cornball, but it's been it's he's been there for two years or three years now. Like I think it's a little early to start calling for for Nick Sirianni's head, but Brian Johnson, I think we need to have a discussion about him. And then bringing in Matt Patricia. Where the, where was that supposed to go? Where was that? Why did we bring in Matt Patricia? Why was Matt Patricia the defense coordinator? Who is famously one of the worst defensive coordinators, one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Why is he allowed to run a, a defense again? Why? He was so bad as the coordinator. Bill Belichick said, hey, you know what? Go try and run an offense. He was so bad at running an offense. They're like, oh God, you're probably a little bit better playing defense. So we'll put you back here. And he sucked so bad there too. Like, there's so many problems with this Eagles team, and it makes no sense, but it's a little bit premature to start saying this collapse. We say collapse, really? It's been two years since they've been good. The first year, Sirianni, they went, what, 9-8, and lost to Brady in the first round. Second year, they obviously went to the Super Bowl, had all that stuff. And then this year, not very good. They beat the Chiefs. Sirianni started yelling at Chiefs fans. and all went downhill from there. A.J. Brown's been upset the entire year. Dallas Goddard was yelling at Jalen Hurts on the sideline. Like, there's a lot of issues here. A lot of issues, but collapse over two good years it takes a little bit more than that. Did the Bengals collapse no one's talking about the Bengals collapsing and they missed the playoffs? I understand they have injuries, but they made the playoff they've won they've been in the playoffs twice in like the last ten years. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm i not saying the Bengals one is a collapse. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying from a team that was good, they went to an AFC Championship game and didn't make the playoffs. And again, I understand Joe Burrow got hurt, so we're not going to talk about him that way. But I'm just saying, it's another example of a quote-unquote collapse. Injuries do not matter when you talk about collapses Because A.J. Brown was in a good mood last year. <laughs> he wasn't this year. So that has to factor in a little bit. But I digress. It's a mess. The Eagles are kind of a mess. But... It's fun. And the playoffs are fun. I'm happy for Baker. I saw a graphic, or not a graphic, it was a tweet. Oh, uh, where's that? There it is. So I get, we talked about Baker replacing Tom Brady. QBs with a playoff win with multiple teams. Tom Brady, obviously, did it with the Patriots and Bucks. Joe Montana did it with the Niners and Chiefs. Peyton Manning did it with the Colts and Broncos. Brett Favre did it with the Packers and Vikings. And now Baker Mayfield. <laughs> So the guy he replaced in Brady and the guy that he did the draft photo with or got the the inspiration for the draft photo is also on this list in Brett Favre. And now it's Baker Mayfield in there. Because he did it obviously with the Browns and now the Bucks. Insane. Absolutely insane. I am happy for Baker Mayfield. I'm happy for the Bucks, And I'm excited to see what they can do in the next round of the playoffs. But man, oh man, is there a reality... Is there some sort of reality out there? Come on, load you stupid computer where we get a Packers-Lions NFC Championship game. Because again, the Niners rest their starters for two weeks now. Stressful. Stressful times. Two weeks. Scary times. Scary hours. Now the Niners are an 8.5 point favorite. The Ravens are a 7.5 point favorite. CJ so Stroud, just the youngest quarterback to ever win a playoff game. Saw that today from NFL Network. That's kind of cool. Well, we'll see. They're both on Saturday, so we'll know if the Niners and Ravens are hosting the NFC Championship game and NFC Championship game, respectfully, but we'll see. Bills and Chiefs obviously play at 5.30 on Sunday. Bucks-Lions is at 2 o'clock on Sunday as well. That game's on NBC. The Bills-Chiefs game's on CBS. Tony Romo, good Lord, they're going to put him in a straight jacket or something with Mahomes and Allen playing each other. Can't do it. Can't do it. (laughs) And then the Texans-Ravens game's at 3.30 on Saturday, and the Packers-Niners game's at 7.15. Texans game's on ABC, ESPN, and the Packers game is on Fox. I like these matchups, though. I do like these matchups. It's fun stuff. Fun, fun, fun stuff. Like, the, it's funny. The Ravens-Texans game, I'm just looking at this now. The Ravens are the Browns. Stole the Browns. Brought in Baltimore. Famous Art model quote. The Browns are indeed coming to Baltimore. The Texans replaced a stolen team because the Titans, obviously, the Oilers moved to Tennessee, became the Titans. So it's like the the new team versus the new team from an old team. <laughs> and they got the Packers, Niners, the famous Colin Kaepernick run that we brought up earlier. That was against the Packers, where he had like hundred something yards, two hundred something yards rushing. It felt like that was an insane game. Uh, Chiefs, Bills, obviously Mahomes, Allen, and the Bucks, Lions. Like, if you had told anybody this in the '70s that they would have met in the playoffs. They would have called you crazy. When the Bucks started at 0-26, <laughs> you told them that, hey, the Lions, you'll be playing the Lions who are not that good at that time either. So <laughs> you got a lot of problems here with, the, with that game, but I'm excited for it. I like these matchups, and I'm here for them. We'll go through a preview on Friday's show, but I like, I like the matchups. I like the matchups. But I'm intrigued to see how the Niners and the Ravens do after, you know, resting everybody. That's always an intriguing stuff. Always intriguing. Always scary. Again, I understand why they do it, but it's, it's still scary hours. At least to me. At least to me. I'm not saying wrong or right, but whatever. It's scary to me. And I don't think we're going to do too much more right now. I mean, we're going to talk about a couple things, but uh, we had two quarterbacks announced. they're going to the draft. J.J. McCarthy announced on Saturday that he is going to the draft. And then Caleb Williams announced yesterday that he was going to the draft. To the shocker of everybody, Caleb Williams announced he was going to the draft. And Emmanuel Acho who we have roasted a billion times in this show, don't understand how he's where he is. That dude, said he, there was a fake tweet that came out that said Caleb Williams is waiting to declare for the draft if he has reassertances from the Bears that they're going to trade him because he does not want to play in Chicago. Emmanuel Acho took that and ran with it. And not only that, when people got, because he posted a video of him talking about it. Not only did he do that, where are the tweets about that? Because I, I thought I screenshotted him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, he said, every report might, to, might... uh where's the first one? Which one was first? This one. Nah, in the event I saw it was fake, I posted it to, at least seri- to the least serious website because no, li- no lives are being lost based on that post. Either way, real or fake, the video would garner traction, which would increase followers. More followers equals large brand deals. Understand? And the next one. Every report is a mite until the athlete or team confirms it themselves. I've been hearing this about Caleb Williams for two months. The report may be a troll page, But don't be deceived, it's a possibility. And it ended up not being a possibility. He was obviously going to declare for the draft. But he deleted both tweets, because he's a freaking idiot. (laughs) He's one of the dumbest people on sport. I'm not a big fan of the people over at Fox anyways. We make fun of Jason McIntyre all the freaking time. But Emmanuel Acho takes the cake. That dude, so before the Niners-Ravens game, I think it was the Friday before, whenever their last show before the Christmas break was, they did a, a compare and contrast quarterbacks or the players on the team. They had, like quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, O line, defense, all that stuff. With the Ravens, it was him and James Jones. Sam lacho picked the Niners for quarterback above Lamar Jackson. The game happened, and guess what? His brainiac ass decided to do. We need to have a conversation about Brock Purdy, dude. Three days ago, you said Brock Purdy was better than Lamar. Now we need to have a conversation about Brock Purdy. We need to have a conversation about your job employment like what the hell is that and then we have this whole facade that oh I knew it was fake so I posted at these serious but no you didn't you're a freaking idiot and you posted it because you thought it was real so you saw the blue check mark and saw oh that's a real tweet and it's Caleb Williams so everybody's gonna have an opinion about it so it's gonna garner a ton of traction which it did it had like 18,000 likes or something like that when I saw it so I saw it I, I think I saw when did it like on Friday or something Thursday or Friday the next day, I see that video with Emanuel Acho. The dude's just an idiot. I don't understand. I, I, I don't understand Emanuel Acho at all. I, I don't. I can't. I can't wrap my head around it. D- Emanuel Acho, Mike Florio, uh, Jason McIntyre, th- those people I cannot stand. I can't stand. Matthew Barry is another one. A t- fantasy football expert. Really? Really? Good Lord, dude. Good Lord, that is just a shot in the dark. Fancy football. Good Lord, apart from the leagues I win in, but when I don't win, it's just shot, shot in the dark. <laughs> Obviously, there's some strategy into it, but you don't need to hire a fancy football expert. Come on, dude. But there's some people I don't like in sports media, and those, those are the, the, the I, Matthew Barry. That was a little unnecessary. But Florio, Acho, McIntyre. I cannot stand those three. I can with everything. I cannot stand the sight of those people, and. Yeah, this is another thing that. Another thing Emmanuel Ocho does is just super cool. Yeah, I saw. And and somehow he has an MVP vote. How does Emmanuel Ocho have an MVP vote? This is the problem with the MVP vote because this is who we're having vote for it. Be like Emmanuel Ocho. Goodness gracious. But Caleb Williams and JJ McCarthy both announced. And another thing. So, again, things that will garner attention just spouting random shit on social media. This guy looks like a Giants. Fan. He's got Tyra Taylor as his background picture in a Giants helmet. So it's not him. He's got a Ninja logo as his name. Giants might have found their guy. Possesses all of John Mara's, Mara's favorite traits in the quarterback. White noodle arm, can't process, not black. Okay, we know he's not black. We established that with the white part, so we knew that one. But noodle arm? Have you watched JJ McCarthy play? Have you watched him? you Are you blindly looking at stats like the people we talked about before? That dude can throw. Look at the game against Ohio State. Look at throws he made against Michigan State. Look at game, look throws he made against Alabama. The dude can throw the football. So he ain't no oodle, noodle arm. The only negative you can really have against J.J. McCarthy is that he's not necessarily to the same level in regards to development as the likes of Williams, May, Penix, Knicks, all those guys, Jaden Daniels, because Michigan's offense did not require him to be a gun quarterback. I think he has all the potential in the world to do that. He has all the necessary skill sets for that. Not to mention, he's a very good athlete, too. So he can run the ball, which is insanely important to today's NFL. He can do everything you need to ask for a quarterback, but we don't know. So he's the biggest question mark in regards to his numbers just aren't as good as the other guys in this draft class. So by default, our brain just goes, he's not very good then. Like The situation tells Michigan to run, they're going to run the ball. They're not going to stay away from the situation just because they need J.J. McCarthy to get more stats. Like, the Bills could have done that. Like, that's what Ken Dorsey did. That's why the Bills dominated the Cowboys, because they saw it was working and they didn't bother changing it. So that's stupid? Why would you stop something if it's working 100% of the time? It makes zero sense. If Michigan's running the ball with the two best running backs in college football in regards to tandem, Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards, who's coming back, why stop? Why stop? Against, against Washington, each of them had over 100 yards rushing. Why are we going to try and sit there and say J.J. McCarthy can't play? The game plan is saying we need to run the ball. Because Washington cannot stop, it, for the love of God, Donovan Edwards had three rushing touchdowns the entire regular season. He had two in that game alone. Like, they, we're we got if we're if the game plan says run the ball, we're going to run the damn ball. Scratch where it itches. I'm a firm believer in that. Why are you changing it if it's working? JJ McCarthy can put a team on his back and throw the football. He's just not as developed as some of the other guys. But that's the intriguing part too. Josh Allen ruined that for everybody. <laughs> Underdeveloped quarterback. May not have the same stats as everybody else, but you can think of him to mold him into something because he's athletic, he's got a good arm. Got decent size, he needs to put on some weight, but he's taller. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if J.J. McCarthy went in the top 15. Wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, we've said that the entire year. Not the entire year, I shouldn't say that because that Bowling Green game kind of shot it for me, but he, he shot back up after that. He had some very good games after the Bowling Green game. But we weren't, so I shouldn't say we said it all year. We weren't saying it all year, but we were. we were around... Uh, when did he shoot back up? Which games were we looking at where he shot back up? Because he shot back up to, from 7 to 5, and then he got up to 3, and then he dropped back to 4 because Jaden Daniels balled out the last two games. Jaden McCarthy still had some – we brought up the Ohio State game. That throw to Roman Wilson's one of the best throws of last season. So we're talking about noodle arm. That's one of the best throws of the season. <laughs> I don't think the Giants would take him, though. I don't, I don't think the Giants would take him. I mean, it would make sense. Joe Shane and Brian Dable were both there, or not there when Josh Allen got drafted, but they obviously were with Josh Allen in Buffalo, so it makes sense. The guy who needs the most time to process or most time to develop is JJ McCarthy, so it makes sense in that regard. But I don't see them doing that. I would, I would think the Giants draft. I do think they'll draft one, but I think like Bo Nix feels like a Giants guy. I think Bo Nix feels like a Giants Broncos. Uh, like I think the Dolphins and Niners would be good. But I don't. I wouldn't draft him there either, because I mean. As much as I ripped on 2 and Brock, I, they don't need to replace him. <laughs> like, we don't need to go down that route yet. We can have conversations about it. I saw someone put a Kirk Cousins jersey, Dolphins jersey on Kirk Cousins. Justin Fields goes down to Miami, question mark? Who knows? Well, I'd wait and see. I saw them as a p- possible destination for Justin Fields. I don't know how realistic that is, but... But J.J. McCarthy, like... Like, I don't think he'll go top 10. I wouldn't be shocked if he, like, goes off at the combine, does good in the interviews and all that stuff. But he's not going to the Bears. He's not going to the, the, the commanders. I don't think he'll go to the Falcons today, but that, that would be my ceiling for JJ McCarthy in regards to where he can go in the draft. And then you're looking at the Raiders, the Vikings, the Broncos are another team you could look at there. Seattle, I could see being one of those teams. Uh, Dane Brugler, he posted another mock draft today. He had him going to the Rams. I don't, I don't know about the Rams. I don't know if I see that with the Rams, but Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, I think they could develop him a nice quarterback, but I don't know if they're necessarily go with one. He like, but those are my main spots for the first round for McCarthy. Is anybody like later in the back half? Not really, but I think like your main ones are the Raiders and Vikings. I think that's like your top two. And then like Michael Penix, he just accepted an invitation to the senior bowl today. So that was pretty big. So we're going to have Knicks and Pennix there, which is huge. But Penix, you're looking at like the Vikings. The Seahawks would make a lot of sense for Michael Penix, too. The Broncos, but Bo Nix more for the Broncos. But, you know, it we're, we're in fun time. We're in fun time. And Caleb Williams, I think he'll go number one. We had this whole discussion on what could happen there. My mind's telling me he'll probably go number one overall. So, we'll see. I mean, it's probably the smart decision, to, depending on how you want to look at it, I guess. I think he'll be a better player, but maybe not best for locker rooms. They seem to like Justin Fields a lot, but Who knows? Got to think of a business. Can't think of it as friendships. You got to think of it as a business. So we'll see what happens with the Bears, but McCarthy and Caleb Williams both declare for the draft. Eric All, the tight end from Iowa, also declared for the draft today or yesterday. Sorry, but I love when people go on Twitter and just start like randomly bashing quarterbacks for no reason. I, d- I don't get. It. I don't. I don't. I don't, I, know, I know it garners clicks. I know it garners attention, especially since Jaden McCarthy was on Michigan and just won a national championship and all that stuff. But man crazy stuff. You'll get attention doing that. So I guess go more power to you, I guess, but I think that's all I've got for you today. I don't really think I had anything else pressing that I wanted to touch on. Uh, (laughs) trying to look around my camera roll real quick. Uh, I don't think I haven't, I think we're, I think we're good. I think we're good, but, uh, I hope you enjoyed. If you did not enjoy the show, I sincerely apologize. we will try to be better next time. And, uh, yeah, make sure to follow Logan blackman Show on all those aforementioned forms of social media we brought up earlier. And make sure, of course, to follow and subscribe to Logan blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave a rating out of five stars on both. And leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. Please tell me you enjoyed the show. And, <laughs> well, again, we'll be better next time if we don't. Again, we'll try to get guests on for a Friday show. And, yeah, I will see you all later. Stay warm, ladies and gentlemen. Peace.